You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Today's episode of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. It is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. We are three days away from Razorback football, folks. And it's so sweet. It's so amazing. It's so choice. Like, I've just been sitting here and thinking about every single day as we get closer and closer to it. it. It's almost like it doesn't seem real yet. Maybe it's because in the back of my mind, I feel like there's always a chance that it may not happen the way that I'm hoping it happens. Maybe that's the pessimistic side uh, looking into me. But anyways, I'm more optimistic, and I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be a great Saturday, and I'm just excited about actually having football and big-time football, Razorback football to be uh, precise. And I'm not even expecting Arkansas to win the game. I'd love it, obviously, if they did. Uh, but if they didn't win the game, it'd be understandable. It'd just be the way it is and all of that. But since we're three days away, we're going to keep up, up with our theme and with uh, having a number three here on the Razorback, Locked on Razorback podcast. And I think that there's only one way you can really go about it. And some people said uh, maybe Alex Collins, which we know we could have done Alex Collins. But this was a very explosive player that had a lot of great highlights and somebody that uh, is really trying to get into the world of coaching, especially here in the central Arkansas area in Little Rock. And it's Joe Adams. I mean, the punt return that Joe Adams had uh, for Razorbacks against Tennessee is iconic. It'll never be forgotten. It's one of the coolest and best plays you'll ever see as a Razorback football fan. And he was a part of it. So let's go ahead and welcome in on the phone lines, former Razorback Joe Adams. Joe, appreciate you joining us, man. Around this time of year, do you you get that itch, man? Do you get the itch to get back out there and uh, to play football when it gets around to the September, October period? Uh, yeah, it always hit me around that time, especially it might hit me around June, July, because, you know, that's when it's hot and we out there putting that good work in. Then when August hit, it's around, you know, you can smell the dew in the grass. So, yeah, it always hit me around this time. So, Joe, how did um how did you transition from playing and get into coaching? Um, What's the story there? Is that something you always wanted to do? Uh, I always kind of just wanted to help young men, you know, better their stuff in life. And coaching was a part of that for me. And they asked me around, like, 2015, right after I graduated, uh, would I come back, you know, and and help volunteer. And I did it for a couple years, and it kind of got, you know, enjoyable for me. So I just went on and started a full-time teacher. Well, Joe, take us back to to your playing days at Arkansas, because obviously when uh, we were talking about and promoting that you were coming on the show today, the number one thing that gets brought up is your punt return against Tennessee in 2011. I'm sure that you have heard about that and seen it a bunch of times. But take us back to that play and kind of walk us through that. Like, you knew that you had the ability to take it from any distance, but were you even surprised about how you were able to pull that off and get those Tennessee volunteer defenders off of you like that? Uh, I was kind of surprised, but I used to do stuff like that all the time in practice. You ask, like, some of my old teammates. Uh, I would make our special team kind of look crazy, and they'd get mad at me sometimes. So that's what actually kind of helped build my stamina up and doing all those long workouts. So when it came to the game and that play actually happened, it just felt like a normal play to me. So what about some other players that maybe stand out to you, Joe? Um, that's one when people think of you, they think of that right away. But what are some other plays that stand out for you? Uh, I would say the uh, Auburn, the 92-yard rush on one rush. 
for a touchdown. I would say uh, the LSU, my second, I mean, my junior year when we beat them on fourth and three. I would say uh, just so many plays, my Cotton Bowl return, my Georgia return, they got called back. Uh, a 100-yard game against Georgia. It's just so many different plays I've had throughout my career that was just fun for me, and I'm sure fun for my fans, and not just only my fans, the Arkansas fans, the West Team fans. So. Well, Joe, also, you know, you were a highly regarded player coming out of high school. You had a lot of different offers. I know that uh, USC was on, on your radar as well, but you decided to go to Arkansas, and uh, yes, you, you ended up having a great college career. So during your college career, though, what is it that made you into that great player? Because you were a great high school kid, too. But what what was it that during your time at Arkansas that kind of elevated you to that next level? Uh, I would say just all that hard work we put in over those four years and having the coaching staff we had, having the players I had on the side of it. It was just we had, a, I would say, a dog mentality. and We wouldn't take, we didn't take stuff for granted. We always wanted to go out there and make sure everybody knew who we were when we were out on the field. So I just kind of changed my mindset about things. And how was that transition going from being a great player in high school and then making that next step? You talk about wanting to help young men right now, and uh, this is a young team with Arkansas all together. So what was that transition like? Uh, I mean, it's not a difference for me. But, I mean, I guess for some of the guys stepping in, it was a difference because we left, so they didn't really have a chance to, you know, be under us and see how we move, how we work, how we carry ourselves. So I think that's one of the things that's missing in Arkansas, too, the connection between the older guys and the younger guys. So, I mean, hopefully we can make that better and, you know, we can have more connection with them, talks and stuff like that, so they can hear some of the stuff that we've been through that they're possibly going to go through. Well, Joe, this uh, wide receiving core for the Razorbacks this season is something fans are excited about because you got guys like Traylon Burks and Trey Knox and Michael Woods, some guys that, that have some real talent. And, of course, Felipe Franks, uh, a lot of people are hopeful that he's going to be able to get them the ball fairly easy. But at, when you were playing, you had a great group of wide receivers around you as well and guys that you were friends with. So how much how much easier did that make you and your ability when you know that, hey, they can't just key on me, they got to key on all those guys? How how good was that to have that open up for you in the offense to really make a lot more plays? Uh, that was kind of one of the reasons that I came, I decided to stay home with the guys that I knew that were coming because I played a lot of guys in high school and then Mally was coming back, which is six, he was 6'7". That's hard to miss back there in the backfield. <laughs> So, I mean, it made it even much easier for all of us because we know whoever gets the ball, the other guy was going to block. He was going to run his route right to get the other person open. So it's kind of pretty much on you to catch the ball make a play. And what do you think of this current core of wide receivers, uh, the talent that's there now? Uh, I think they got some great talent there now. I, I'm just ready to see them ball. That's all I can say. Like, I hope they get it rolling and they can put the Arkansas back on the map. They could build their name up, and then they could be the next great group. We'll continue our discussion with Joe Adams, former Razorback wide receiver. Great. But first, I want to tell you folks about BuiltBar.com. It's, it's amazing how w during this time of year we're still starting to get busy, like no matter what. If school's getting back into play, more businesses are opening up, more of you are starting to go back to work instead of working from home, all of that stuff. 
but you still want to try to eat as healthy as possible. But luckily for you, BuiltBar.com does exactly that because they have a new and improved Built Bar that is even more delicious with new flavors like the caramel brownie or maybe the cookies and cream, the carrot cake, the lemon almond cheesecake, all of that stuff. They've added to the list of their already great flavors that they're 100% covered in chocolate and they are very soft and easy to chew. But the best thing about it is that they are great for low-calorie, low-sugar, but high-protein, high-fiber type diets where you can also lose or maintain your weight while indulging in something amazing tasting. And this is the great thing about it, too, is that we're offering you a deal that if you go to BuiltBar.com and you use promo code Locked On, you'll get $10 off your next order. It's as simple as that. Promo code Locked On. You get $10 off at BuiltBar.com. It's fast. It's simple. It's easy. They'll arrive in no time, and you will not be disappointed because they're so convenient, so healthy, so easy. That's what we're all about. So make it happen. Go to BuiltBar.com. Enter promo code Locked On to forget $10 off your next order. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. So have you had any contact or any conversations with uh, Coach Pittman or any anybody on the Arkansas staff, any any sort of communication there? What's kind of the relationship been like with uh, just you personally in the University of Arkansas football program? Uh, I actually was up there a couple years, you know, prior to – Coach Pittman getting there. I haven't had a chance to sit down and talk to him personally, but I'm pretty sure he'll allow all the old vets that play to come back and talk and, you know, give stories or kind of help out where we can. But, I mean, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't get back up there right now. I'm just so caught up in school and not really having that time because I coach seventh grade football and we actually 3 and 0, so a lot of my time goes to that. And then I coach varsity too, so. Well, there you go. Congrats on being three and zero. Um, as far as the the current makeup of the offense, how can they be better this year? And then, if you look at the team as a whole, what what do you need to see to say that this team is better? Uh, we just got to get the get the ball out quicker. You know, get first downs. So we can't get behind. Third down, third and twelve, third and all that. You know, you got to get take yards as you get and trickle the ball down the field. Don't try to go for the deep ball every play. Uh, that's about it. Spread it out. Give let everybody get touches, so that way they can't key on nobody. You know, Joe. Uh, uh, Joe, I mean, go ahead. I was gonna say it was a different. Our offense was different from Darren's offense, but you know we kind of spread it out pretty much in the same way, so you couldn't really key on one guy, even though you could say you were keying on Darren at any time. But well, I can tell you this though, Joe. As as a co- a guy who goes from a player to a coach, we see it pretty common. Uh, in all of sports, and a lot of guys are very successful at it. But what would you say is that for you, kind of being new into the coaching realm, uh, like how how are you portraying your coaching abilities? Is it something you maybe learned while you were in high school or you were in college from your coaches? Like maybe it was a Paul Petrino up at Arkansas, like maybe his time in the NFL. What has really influenced you the most when it comes to your coaching and your coaching style? Uh, I think just being able to talk to people. Growing up, I was great at talking and getting everybody involved and making sure they enjoying themselves. And then being under Coach Petrino, he, he kind of showed me how you should run defense, offense, how you should run practice, no playing around, uh, a focused mindset so we can learn and we can go on about our business. And I carry that with me now. I just make sure the kids come out here. I show them all the things that I've learned through my years teach them the right way, you know, technique, effort, assignment, and after that, just go out and let them play. 
And a lot of times people are, when they think about football, they're thinking about two aspects of it. They're thinking about offense and defense. But can you tell us about how special teams, the importance of special teams? Special team might be the most important part of the game because that's on, that's the only part of the game that you could change the entirety of the game in one play. So special teams is real key. And then a lot of the guys that you don't have playing, because you only have 11 on offense and defense, but you got more players on your sideline. And a lot of those guys don't get the chance to play early. And so they're, most of those guys are special team players. So, I mean, that helps them. Most of the guys that play defense with tackling and all that, and they help them get a, you know accustomed to the game. So when it's their turn to be a starter, they won't just be like, oh, fresh to anything. It's like they've been getting experience already. No, Joe, one of the things that uh, we were talking with Jarius Wright yesterday, and he brought up just how – how close-knit you guys were in the wide receiver core. And one thing that I know that he even brought up and some other people is how you were extremely vocal. You were very vocal on the field, and also you were vocal yeah. towards your opponents as well. And, uh, oh, yeah, very, very vocal. <laughs> yeah, so, so just uh, from, from that perspective, I mean, is it something that you just kind of was always that way, whether in high school or junior high? Did, were you just fearless and you didn't care who anybody was? You are going to let them know you were there? What, what made yeah. you so vocal? Uh, I just, I'm just a competitive person growing up. I hate losing. And I love to talk during the game because that's the only way to get everybody going. It makes you play better because you can't talk if you can't play. You can play, you can back it up, you can talk. And, I mean, I've, I've always just kind of been that person to get me going like that. And I try to get other people going, so I try to tell them to talk with me so they can get going. And I really didn't realize that the one guy that I played, like, in the NFL at the time with Steve Smith. Then Coach Paul used to give me tapes like, man, I want you to go watch this guy. You play like him all the time. And I went back and sit down and just watched all his stuff. So I was like, but I play exactly like Steve Smith. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm, it's just hard for me to cut that down off when I'm competing. Like, outside of competing, I'm, you probably wouldn't even know I played a, a talk like that. But once I get on the field, it's a different person. Is it something about uh, getting into your opponent's head that is that an element to it as well? I, I know that, you know, just competing, you said that's the way you are, but are you able to get into your opponent's heads by doing that as well? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I don't really – because I feel like it's like this. I'm the only one, and, and I feel like this about our team. We were the only one pretty much that could stop ourselves. So, I mean, if I talk to you, if, if you get into it or not, it's not for you, it's for me. So it's not actually like I'm talking to you. I'm talking to me out loud, but it's out loud to where you hear. So I wasn't really worried about getting in your head because I play in my head. I got you. So uh, what about some of your players that you coach then? Have you seen any of those guys that remind (laughs) you of you, the way they talk? Uh, Not a lot of them because the kids nowadays are not as – hard around like we were like we used to be out you know you learn football playing killer man on the concrete or playing with your older cousins and all that a lot of kids nowadays don't really get out and do all that so it's kind of you might have one or two players out of a group that kind of play like that but as a whole i don't really see a lot on this like this we'll continue our discussion with former razorback great joe adams here in just a second but first this Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 
So, Joe, since you're a coach, I want to ask you this, too, because this is crazy times that we're in right now with this COVID-19. And, you know, we were even just mentioning the fact that Arkansas State's having to postpone another college football game because of uh, mm-hmm. not having enough uh, on the roster to fill one position group. What has that been like for you as a coach having to deal with COVID-19 and all the guidelines and, and trying to make sure that you're still coaching your team but also making sure that you're taking every precaution necessary? because I'm the CAC and my school is not that big, so I don't have as many kids to kind of contain or watch. But uh, I just make sure, you know, everybody's staying six feet apart, got their mask on at all times, uh, washing your hands. and We can't chill in the locker rooms, go in and get dressed, get out. And just kind of running military style right now until all this stuff passes up. So what are, what are some of your goals for coaching um... – just say in 10 years, where can we see you? Would you be a uh, a high school football coach? You want to be a college coach? You want to go to the NFL? What kind of goals do you have as far as coaching? Uh, I, I possibly might go and see if I could get on at Arkansas and see if they, uh, you know, think about getting a uh, receiver coach from a guy that actually played there. Uh, if not, I mean, I can see myself in college doing the NFL. Okay. And, uh, Joe, I know that uh, we really appreciate you hopping on with us, but I, I always want to ask former Razorbacks about great stories that maybe people don't know much about. So I got a question for you, and we'll see uh, how it goes. But do you have any great Bobby Petrino stories, like something that happened in practice or during a game, maybe a story that really stood out to you that not many fans or listeners possibly know? Ones that you're able to air. We know you have to clean it up a bit. (laughs) I was just saying, you know, Bobby got some stories now. uh, Honestly, maybe when Brandon Mitchell parked his motorcycle and Coach Petrino's spot when he came. No, it wasn't Brandon. It was it was somebody else. But one of the players parked and like coaches the head coach's spot, like right there by the door, because he was late, just trying to hear him get to me. And Coach ripped him as soon as he got in there and just made him go move his car and all that. But it was just hilarious that he actually thought that he was going to be able to park there <laughs> and Coach P wasn't going to see that his spot was taken. <laughs> and that was, like, the first thing. Like, he didn't come in and let everybody know, like, how are you guys doing and all that. He came in straight to let him know to go move his car. <laughs> yeah, I can't so imagine. That, I mean, go ahead. He got some funny stories. But it's like, with Coach P, it's like, he's so his his aura was kind of so scary to where you wouldn't know to laugh at his joke or just be quiet. So it was like, ah. some people was laughing, some people was quiet, like looking around, trying to see if they could laugh or not. But it was fun to me. So. Well, Joe, I appreciate that story. That's a great story, man. And I can't imagine why anybody would think it'd be okay to park in the coach's spot if you're later, no matter what. All right, All right. But, yeah. You know, so just park. Don't even park. Just Take a bus <laughs> Yeah, it probably would have been a better outcome. Well, Joe, we really yeah. appreciate you joining us, man. Great stuff. I know you got a lot going on with uh, your football teams as well. Good luck this football season with coaching, and uh, hope we're able to catch up with you later down the road. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Well, appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at Buzz John Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have, and we will keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We will see you then. You are.
you are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 